Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're tuning in today and joining us for today's podcast. I gotta be honest, I'm actually really excited right now. We're on episode 70, I believe. And I actually just adjusted my mic stand differently and it is amazing. And I can't believe it's taken me this long. Yeah. You can finally see me. Yeah. I like the bar of the mic stand always blocked Corey's view and I just felt weird, but now like I'm alive and I feel great. I know. And I can see you. You got some BDE. I like it. Yeah. Let's go. So we would appreciate uh, for you to like, share, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, also, please leave a review if you haven't done it already. And I know many of you have that have listened Many of you are not on Apple and you listen to Spotify or on Buzzsprout, and that's okay. Uh, Many of you have reached out, have texted, or have posted on social media about the podcast, and we really appreciate that, so thank you. If you don't leave a review on Apple Podcasts, leave a review on social media and share it for us. We would appreciate that. Yeah, that'd be amazing. All right, so today's question of the week. We actually, Corey and I, just got done with something called the CIM Conference, It's a network conference of, I guess, like-minded churches. Jamie, who you hear us talk a lot about, is the overseer of this network. He brought in Paul White to be the keynote speaker. And we just thought we'd let you into our world and ask the question, what do you like most about going to something like this? Going going to a conference. conference. Yeah, for me, it's always the relationships. You don't get to... um, I'm going to be honest. My favorite thing about going to a conference, especially a conference like this, is the perspective I get from hearing other people's stories, especially in church ministry. And it's a perspective, but it's a challenge for me to be more grateful because honestly, you and I are in a better situation than most of the people that attend these conferences in the church world context. Yeah, I would say not just financially, but relationally as well. There's not a lot of pastor friends that we know that have people they're doing life with every day that can bounce off ideas that can help them in leadership. And a lot of pastors or just pastors and their wives, and sometimes they're co-pastors, husband and wife, and they're just doing it together. And man, that is such a tough place. Yeah. I talked to somebody and they're going through very similar stuff that we're going through in terms of what we believe and how we communicate and teach. And I at least have you and everybody else on this team to process. And I, we have several other pastor friends that understand exactly what we're going through that can help us process, but they don't have those people. And so, man, I would be in such a worse situation if I didn't have people to bounce off my crazy thoughts. Yeah. So I'm going to answer the question with relationship as well. Um, I, I don't necessarily get a lot out of services just full disclosure, I'm a pastor and I'm about serviced out. Mm. And when I say service, I mean the worship service. Not that I don't enjoy coming together and worshiping, not that I don't really love being encouraged or challenged or equipped with, with a message, but I'm just at a place right now, like, man, I have uh, been in tune with my identity I have been preaching identity for so long, man, I'm ready for just people to really step up into activity. And it was actually confirmation. And I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself because the very first night I got to listen to the first 15 minutes of Paul White's message, which was, which was really good, but I had to leave and go set up for dinner, right? The activity part. But he talked about making your life count. Like everybody wants a purpose. They want their life to matter. They want their life to count. Well, he went to Galatians 5, Galatians 5, 6, and he says, and this is Paul writing, he says, what counts is faith 
expressing itself through love. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, if we could just pick up that, we can mic drop and just go out and start loving our family, loving our neighbors, loving our coworkers. And man, we're following Jesus and walking out new covenant kingdom. And that's it. That's all we need. We don't need another message to be encouraged in our identity, hopefully. Now, there are people just learning to follow Jesus that still might need that. But I would say for most of the church, man, you do not need to sit there and just sing, you're a good, good father for the hundredth time. Like, hopefully by now you know he's good and he loves you. Man, I'm, I'm being real harsh right now. I'm so sorry <laughs> if like you're listening it. to this. But, <laughs> it's but this process. is just a, a, it's my process, but it's also a, a new passion of mine. Like, man, yeah. we got to start living it. We can't just, you know, just continue now. Man, I just don't want to sound harsh because there are times where we do forget our identity. We walk outside of our identity. We need to be reminded of God's love. And I get that and that he's with us. But, man, it's time for the church to step up finally. So I would say relationally, man, the opportunity I had, uh, I had uh, four people from the Bahamas stay with us for five days. And they were beautiful, amazing. But I'm going to be honest, even today, as we're recording this, they just left yesterday. And I am exhausted. I bet. Uh, playing host for those of you who house people host different families or guests uh, man I can really empathize because I'm wore out right and now. and you and Mel are incredible at hospitality so yeah I know I mean, you guys we try to go out. above and beyond and when they came in we just said you know they're coming from a place where they've experienced some church abuse church hurt they're trying to figure things out and I just told Mel like hey let's Let's go above and beyond because we're good hosts and we're hospitable anyway. Above and beyond anyway. the fact that you guys are already above right. and beyond. And, so, <laughs> But we went all out. I mean. It was the king's palace. All out. I, man, I'm not even going to go all the details of everything yeah. we did. But, but it was worth it. And they felt loved and honored. Yeah. But then having a couple pastors over Friday that was, afternoon. To that the, was my thurs- favorite. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. But no, Thursday night after the Friday session. Night. No, Thursday, Thursday oh, night. Oh, it was Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah. Friday night after the session. Again, the services. You get a word here or there that's encouraging or challenging, but for me, it's being able to, some of them were smoking cigars, some of us were drinking bourbon, and we were just talking about yeah. life and ministry, yeah. and I felt so full leaving that night. Yeah, I brought out a bottle of my homemade wine, which you sampled for the first time. It was red, amazing. And I got so many compliments, so like it I was, was on cloud It was nine. one of the best wines I'd ever had, because I'm not a sweet guy. I like it very dry, dry. and it was... Phenomenal. Dry but smooth. It was good. It's very smooth. Yeah. So, yeah. You did a good job. Just connecting with with the pastors and people and doing life. That's what I love more than anything about the conferences is the relationship piece. But let me go back to what you said, and this will be a good segue into what we want to talk about today. You said when you hear other pastors that come in, where they're at, the struggles in life that they're having, there's this feeling of being grateful that comes upon you. Like, like you're grateful for the relationships, the, the financial means we have, like there's a lot that we have to be grateful for that other pastor friends we know, um, that don't have that and or struggling or whatever. But I know for me, I sit in that room sometimes, yes, I'm grateful, but then there's also some guilt that mm-hmm. comes in like, man, why, why me? Why, why do we have the privilege to be in the spot we're at with the resources we have, with the team we have. And man, there's so many other people out there and pastors and friends of ours that are just really struggling. So I carry a little bit of, of just that guilt. Mm-hmm. And also, I know I shouldn't. I know these friends are for me and for us. Um, but at the end of the day, there is something where, man, I, I want my friends to do 
better than I am. I want my friends to explode and their ministries to explode and for them to minister and be cared for. Like, I really want that for them. Mm-hmm. But there's a place in me that, that does carry a little bit of guilt for that. And I know even this morning you walked in and you just wanted to process something. So we thought today on the podcast, we just back and forth process and we'd really talk about the art of listening. So why don't you go ahead and share yeah. what you share with me? So the art of listening, I, so over the past eight, nine months, I've been doing this counseling intensive and I learned that they use, they don't use the word listening or being good at listening, even though counseling 90% is listening. They use the word attending. That's the official word, like attend to the person. And I love that because oftentimes when we challenge people to be a better listener or be a good listener, we've heard it so much in different contexts that we kind of just like, oh yeah, I know that. I'll listen. I'll listen. But most people listen to respond instead of just listening to be present. And so that's why they use the, ter- the term attending, because attending is so much more than just a listening. It's paying attention to their body language. It's not figuring out what you're going to say next. It's really leaning in to hearing what this person is actually saying, because sometimes people don't know how to communicate their true feelings. And so they need somebody who is totally present, hanging on to every word to help them figure out what they're feeling and why. And that takes time. That doesn't just happen in one counseling session. Right. And so the art of listening, I, I've recognized now I'm going to bash the Christian culture just because I'm in it so much. But I think this applies to every cultures. I don't think Christians do a great job of listening. And I know I said that before we recorded and you were like, I just think humanity in general doesn't do a great job of right. listening. And I agree. But my context is oftentimes around yeah, in the church, Christians. Yeah. And I, I recognize this. I have this... Um, once a month, uh, Microsoft Teams phone call, because we don't use Zoom, we use Teams, a uh, phone call with my college roommates, just to stay uh, together, stay up to date. Um, it's something that we've done for several months now, just to reconnect, because it's been you know almost 15 years since we all graduated. And one of uh, we go around and kind of share what's happened over the month a little bit, and one of the guys was talking about how his wife just miscarried. And he was really bummed, obviously, and it, it was amazing how many guys just jumped in and started offering advice. And I, I never shared anything. I was just listening and, and watching. And it was kind of, although the advice was great and the guy was agreeing with the advice and saying it was good for him to hear that perspective and whatnot, I noticed that this guy really didn't need advice. What he needed was to be heard and that we understood that he was dealing with pain. And I was starting to get bothered at how quick people were offering advice, although the advice was good. Right. And it it just made me go back to several situations over the last couple weeks, especially this last weekend at the conference, of how quick people are to just jump in and give advice and not really listen or not really even ask the person, hey, what do you need from me right now? Do you need advice or do you just need to be heard and do you need me to attend to you? Or do you need some perspective or whatever we do when people share? And I think it's, I think we miss so much more from just listening. I, I remember one of my favorite books now on, on grief work was this story of this pastor who had a woman come to him who just lost her husband. And she said, I need a counseling session, a 50 minute counseling session, and I don't need any words. I need you to sit with me and to be quiet. And so the guy sat with her for 50 minutes, not saying one word. 
and she got up and left and he he's writing the book he's talking about how weird that was for him and right. how challenging it was and how many times he wanted to break the, the people tension just want to chime in that he felt and he said he kind of forgot about that even though it was like a monumental moment because he's never had a counseling session where he was just quiet with this woman for 50 minutes and he said like 20 years later this woman sought him out and came up to him and just talked about you know that time we sat in a counseling session and you just sat still with me for 50 minutes well this is what happened because of that and now he tells this story about how incredible his one of his greatest counseling sessions was a counseling session where, where he, he said send, nothing yeah he did say a word and i remember reading that going holy like this is challenging to me and i just want to be that type of person that just does a better job of listening and not feel like I always have to chime in or that I have the best advice because it is so easy to give advice because it's so easy to give perspective when you're not the one walking through hell right. or pain right. or whatever you want to call it. And so I just am trying to get better at not talking, right. which is but, hard for me because yeah. I like to. Well, in that team's call, you said you wanted to just in a, in a moment, just tell everybody to be quiet. Yeah. Like he's just processing. He's obviously in pain. He doesn't need your advice. And and I know you're you're addressing the church and, and the Christian circle. They don't need your little Christian cliches and all this other stuff. Probably a lot of them were given, even though some of them yeah. are true. Some there of were them were several in line. that were not true that were given, and I'm just like cringing. Right. Like, oh, God's just in control. <laughs> Here we go again. And rant. Anyways, yeah, we just need to learn to not talk especially when people are pouring their heart out or get better at asking what they need from you. Cause I think you'd be surprised that most people just need to be heard. Right. And I know you said you were bothered that, that everyone was given advice without that being asked for, but there's so many people that don't really know what they need mm -hmm. or how to ask. Yeah. So this is a two-parter. It's not just being a good listener, but also as a listener, being a good, um, that's not a proper English, being someone who knows how to ask what they need when you're about to share. Right, because I know we've learned um, through TLP and our with, with establishing healthy teams here, it's so important to ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to have that on your to on your tool belt like asking someone else like as they share it helps alleviate maybe same anxiety because whatever reason we feel like this like that pastor friend like it's so tense we feel like we do need to give an answer we have to give a response we need to give advice we want to give feedback but just to step and stop and say hey well what do you need from me i can't tell you how many times that has saved me mm -hmm. from from put my foot in my mouth really like yeah. like I was thinking I need to give advice and someone just, no, I just, just want you to know, can you understand what I'm going through? Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I can get that. And then I was able to share and, and not have to give advice or fix something or, or whatever. And so that's one thing you learn, right? Asking someone else what you need. But I think it's more of a responsibility that people have to ask for what they need. Hmm. It's great to ask what you, you know, what someone needs from you, but it's even a better more mature response to say, Hey, here's what I'm going through and here's what I need. And yeah. matter of fact, that's what I was mentioning when I brought up uh, guilt earlier. Cause you came in this morning just this and morning. shared something and you didn't even realize you did it. But as you said, 
um, or before you said what you were going through, you actually did tell me what you what you needed. So yeah. why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that you're, conversation? You're going to make me share vulnerability? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to go there. I tried it, man. I yeah. teed it up so well earlier, like talking about guilt. I thought you were just going to go straight to being vulnerable, but it took a little bit, but it's okay. Well, here's, we're there now. So here's where I'm actually learning, speaking about vulnerability, is as a pastor and a communicator, I oftentimes can share from stage, here's here's what I've gone through and... I use the word vulnerability. I'm being right. vulnerable. And I was challenged in our yeah. own therapy session that although that is a part of vulnerability, what vulnerability really is, is letting people in on your process while you haven't gotten to the end. Right. Meaning I would share, oh, I, I know how you feel because this is what I went through last month or last year. Yeah. But you're already at the end goal. Yeah. Like an example would be we stand up and share, man, I know what it's like to be addicted because I had this addiction yeah. but through prayer, through counseling, All through this, this through that, I overcame and I'm healthy and I'm able to help others and use what I went through. That's not real vulnerability. That's yeah. not authentic, true vulnerability. I mean, authentic, it is vulnerability, but yeah, I get what you're it's saying. It's not the authentic, true, because yeah. authentic, true vulnerability would be, um, hey, everybody, like, this is what I'm going through right now. Like. Man, I have some addictions pulling on me, mm-hmm. even even yesterday. Yeah, and I'm trying to get through and overcome, and I'm not there yet. Yeah, like that would be sharing true vulnerability, showing that you're not, in the process. Yeah, in and the I process. think it's so important. And I, man, ever since we we talked about that and you shared that, maybe about a month ago, man, I I've been thinking about it almost every day because yeah. I see it play out in yeah. people and their conversations, and it's kind of like you know, the social media world, like Mm -hmm. they put their best foot forward, they put their highlight reel up, but you don't see the behind the scenes and they're able to share stuff or whatever. That's all like in a good positive light. Like, Hey, here's everything I'm doing now. Um, because I went through this before and got healing in it, not Mm -hmm. throwing it out. Hey, I'm in this shit right now. Yeah. And so let's be vulnerable. This is how I feel right now. We came in to record this podcast. And I said, before we record, I need, I need you to, I need you to hear me and maybe offer advice if you have a word for me, but I just feel guilty. And it's been two weeks since my son was born. If you know our story, he was diagnosed with PRUV, which is persistent right umbilical vein, 50% chance he was going to be born with some type of um, disability. And so for like five, six months, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stuff that we were dealing with. He's born perfectly healthy. There's two potential issues, one checked out, the other one we won't know until he uh, matures, but that issue could be solved with surgery. So pretty much 100% healthy and no issues with his diagnosis, which was amazing. And we, we were super thankful, super grateful. And over the last two weeks, I have just felt guilty. And here's why. He's healthy. And I feel guilty about that. Because as a pastor, I know several people whose kids have not been healthy or, and and again, going back to social media, it's why I haven't gone on social media and specifically used the verbiage, like thanking God. Like if God healed him, amazing. If he just grew out of it and and was healed anyways, amazing. But I specifically haven't used that verbiage because I know there'd be people that would be reading my posts that prayed fervently for a healing in their life, specifically with their child, and there wasn't a healing. And so I'm in this process, and maybe it's the, the right word isn't guilt, but um, and that's what I asked you for is is if you gotta if you can better understand. But I am currently like right now feeling guilty that my son is healthy because of how many people don't have healthy kids. Right. 
And I don't, I don't know how to fully process that. I, I was writing in my journal earlier about this, and that's why I came in and shared this with you before we started recording. And you were like, dude, we just need to record that so people can be in on your process. And this is true vulnerability because it, when you're in the church world so much, there's a lot of Bible scholars that are super famous that are no longer Christians because of this topic. Right. It's uh, tough. It is tough. Because like, you have people like, and we mentioned this earlier, that they'll get in a car wreck and mm-hmm. they'll walk away without a scratch. And they're like thinking, man, thank God, you know, he sent his angels to protect me, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, man, I walked away, you know, unscathed and man, praise God. And then you have another family that just lost their son last week to a car wreck. Yeah. It's like, wait, why wasn't that same God who protected you protecting my son? Yeah. And and I know there's a lot of people that have responses to this and perspective. And I think the bullcrap phrase of like, well, God intervenes where he intervenes. I don't think that's helpful. And so I'm, I'm just processing this of like, why do I feel guilty that my son is healthy? And yeah, I'm, I, I'm stuck there. So I told you, I don't, I don't, I just need you to hear me. And yeah. it was actually really helpful for you to just listen. And I was like, but if you got a word, then, then you can tell me if that's the right use of the word guilty. But learning to tell people what you need instead of them expecting to know is really important. It's also a part of the art of listening is the art of being able to communicate exactly what you need. So that's why I shared that. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Hopefully you, the listener, um, were encouraged and maybe even challenged. Like maybe there's something you're going through and you just need to share it with someone and you don't wait till the fact after you've already went through it and maybe got some healing or maybe even clarity. Maybe you're just waiting on a decision or, uh, just for some, um, like resolution of something, but man, share it with someone while you're in the middle of it. Like yeah. that's being truly vulnerable for sure. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Do you want to continue that story you saw on social? Yeah. Or? Um, just in this idea of like the art of listening, this might help our, our listener. At least it'll be good for us to go back and forth and talk for just a minute on it. But I saw a post maybe six, eight weeks ago. I'm not really sure, but the person was talking about how, Um, basically she was ranting and saying why every time I want to share what I'm going through, everyone else wants to make it about them and share a similar story that they want to go through. It's like, I just want to be heard Mm -hmm. and I'll go back and forth. And I've been thinking about it a lot since I saw that post and I'm still like torn. I'm living in this tension because I understand, um, That's how sometimes a lot of people feel. I've been there. I have felt that where I've shared a story and I just wanted someone to hear me, hear what I'm going through um, and not feel like they had to make it about them. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you what I went through and blah, 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 blah. And then so basically it becomes instead of them listening to you, you just now got to listen to their story and what they're going through. And so there's, there's a point where I feel like that is like detriment to the conversation and maybe the healing that might take place if you would have just listened. But then on the other side of that, I know, and I recognize not only I do that a lot, but sometimes I do want that from other people mm-hmm. because as I share what I'm going through, man, I want to know I'm not alone in something. I want mm-hmm. to know someone else has experienced something in a similar way have went through, um, a circumstance. That's why we talk all the time. Like, you know, whenever, um, so you, you brought up the, the, the birth of your baby. I know when Melanie had both of her miscarriages, honestly, it was, 
somewhat helpful for some people who actually yeah. have went through miscarriages. And as I'm sharing what we just went through, what Melanie went through, like they're saying their story and what they went through. And it was actually super helpful for me right. to gain different perspective and to know we weren't alone in this. Right. And I think that's why people share. I think part of sharing your story when someone shares to you, it's called empathy. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, is that person um, asking for that? Right. And again, that that goes back it's to the conversation. Um, asking someone else, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. What do you need from me as they're sharing? But again, I think it's not 50-50. I think it's more... Um, responsibility on the person sharing, letting other people know what you need. And that's one thing that we've learned going through this group counseling. You have to let other people in and you have to let other people know what they need because if you don't let people know, there's almost no way they can tell. And everyone hasn't went through things like this. Everyone hasn't listened to this podcast where we talk about asking for what you need a ton or asking someone else, hey, what do you need from me as you're sharing? Yeah. Listen, 99 times out of 100, you're not going to get someone as you're sharing to ask you that question. So guess what? The responsibility is on you to say, hey, here's what I'm going through, just like you did. And you did it. Now we've been doing it so long. You did it like, what's that called? Subconsciously? Yeah, you were were like, man, did you see that you did that? I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't recognize it. You came in. You said, hey, here's what I'm going through. But before I share what I'm going through, man, I just need you to listen I mean, if you have, I don't want advice. If maybe if you have a word to respond or something, great. But man, just listen to what I'm yeah, going through. You right did a now. good job listening. Thank you. And then that was it. And so you have to be responsible to ask for what you need as you share, as you are vulnerable. If you want some empathy and say, "Hey, here's what I'm going through. Do you understand? I just want to know you you understand what I'm saying." Mm-hmm. Then expect for them to share a story similar to what you went through, but it is going to be about them because they want yeah. you to know they can relate yeah. and they feel what you feel. But if you don't want that, if you literally, and it's okay to have it all be about you sometime. Hey, look, I don't want a story from you. I don't want advice from you. I don't want feedback from you. I'm going to share something. And right now, can you just listen and just attune? It's the word attune and just really come alongside me and just, I want to know that you hear what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and just, just listen, but it's up to you to ask for that. Yeah. So it's twofold. The art of listening, learning to listen without responding and asking somebody, Hey, what do you need from me right now? Do you need to just be heard? Do you need some empathy? Do you need some perspective? Do you need a challenge? And the same thing is when you're sharing, be good at communicating what you need. Hey, I just need to be heard or, Hey, I need some perspective or, Hey, I need some empathy or, Hey, I need a challenge being good at listening, but also being good at communicating what you need. Yeah. So it's not either, or it's both. And the art of the art of listening and also the art of communication. Yeah. And so we hope this episode was encouraging, challenging thought provoking. If you're struggling with something, learn to be vulnerable with some people around you. And I promise you it will be helpful. Yep. And with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.